This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is Caroline Ray. You probably best know her as Aunt Hilda from the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the TGIF mega smash hit show. Um, a show all about witches, magical powers, and puns. This show had a huge impact on my and many people's life. Um, I'm so thrilled to have her on as a guest. She cracks me up today. We have a lovely conversation. And honestly, you know, um, if there's another reboot, I hope I hope the producers <laughs> come calling. Because I just realized today how very much of a Hilda I am. This is all today on... Hi, Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new Hi, Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom. everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by actress and comedian, um, icon, gay icon, witch icon, femme icon, and one of my heroes, Caroline Ray. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> so first and foremost, I want to say there was a really special um, moment in my life. Uh, it was my first summer in Provincetown, and I was doing a show in Provincetown for the whole summer. It was shortly after winning Drag Race Season 5, and you were the Grand Marshal of the Pride Parade <laughs> in Provincetown. And we had a house right on Commercial Street. And you and your float just rode white, right <laughs> by us. We stood on our front porch and waved at you. It was so special. Caroline, you are, <clears throat> I think to people in my demographic and in my age group, you are like legendary status. You have been in the industry for decades. You're a stand-up comedian, but my listeners probably will know you best from many, many years on the hit primetime TGIF show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, <laughs> how does it feel to be referenced multiple times throughout <laughs> the last 30 years because of a role you played uh, in the 90s on, on television. <laughs> um, 
Okay, first of all, I just want to say I love you. I think you are <laughs> ridiculously talented. And if there's one drag queen that could play Aunt Hilda in a remake, it's you. <laughs> I would so I'd be, be the so Hilda. Jealous and I'd want to be your sister. Um, I just thought you would, yeah. Um, how does it feel? Well, I just, you know, I've, I've gone back on the road. Every time in my career, I always end up going back to doing stand-up. Because yeah. it's selfishly it's just therapy it's how i process my life oh and what, hell yeah and and what's going on around me and how you know i, I became a comedian because i thought it was so unique and what i had only any success was because i realized i'm exactly like everybody else um <laughs> except for some magical powers but uh, <laughs> um so i just you know so i created new merchandise to every time i go on a tour and I, what this has to do with and i We'll send it to you as soon as we're finished. But <laughs> my new um, product is, it says, I identify as a witch. Mm. And it's, I do. I For some reason, I think I grew up in like a very sort of witchy, mystical family, uh, my yeah. own family, <clears throat> and was taught to trust my intuition from like day one. And, and when you got a call from my mother saying, darling, I've had a dream. You're like, no, I don't want to know what happened. Just <laughs> let me have the relationship. Well, darling, I told you it wasn't going to work. His nose was far too close to his lip. And you're like, okay, all right. She, my mother was always right for the most insane reason. And, you know, we had a ghost in the house growing up. And I believe in everything you can't see more than what yeah. you can see. Um, mm -hmm. So I just feel like that part was sort of my destiny in many ways. Yeah. And that I got to be, I feel quite happy about it, but that I got to be part of something that made kids happy was the yeah. greatest. Because I remember when the show first started, Deborah Messing had just started on Will and Grace, and she and I had like a near car accident going up like yeah. La Cienega. And we were like just about to like scream at each other. And then she, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's the girl from Will and Grace. And she's like, oh, that's the girl. And I feel like going from TGIF. Okay. <laughs> I thought that I wanted to be in a grown up sitcom, but I'm so much happier that, you know, on Sabrina, we'd get a memo every day like, do not look direct. Don't make eye contact with the panther. You know, <laughs> when the pirates are here, like, we play dress up every day. Yeah. My yeah. gosh. So I, I gotta um tell you, I've had Jenna Lee Green on this podcast as well. And we talked a lot about the significance that okay, so I thought Sabrina the Teenage Witch was just special to me because I didn't know who around me was also queer, who was also like really into the fact that it was a female-led cast, really into the fact that it involved women with power, magical powers, but like, you know, it was everything I wanted in a show as a kid. And I also, now as an adult looking back on it, see the significance of, you know, the 90s, this was a time where there were a lot of new single mothers, you know, it was kind of like the mentality that you had to get married because you got pregnant or you had to be with the person who impregnated you. This right. has started to go by the wayside and men <laughs> just started taking off. Right. <laughs> like all of my friends, all of my close friends, we were all raised by our single mothers. Right. And even though Sabrina's being raised by her aunts, you know, that was also my life. I was raised by my mom and my aunt, and my grandma. And seeing this femme coven 
with magical powers, but then it's also lighthearted and everything's a pun and everything's funny. It was just such a special show to me. And we I loved think- it that there were no men around. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The no, only no. man was a cat. <laughs> what was the vibe like on the set? I, I, I know that you and Melissa Joan Hart and Beth Broderick, listen, if you can tell Beth how how badly I would love to have her on the podcast, I want to have every female actor from Sabrina the Teenage Witch on this podcast at some point. <laughs> of course um, I will. She would love to do it. How, how much did you love it when Rue was on the show? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Rue, was Rue on the show multiple times? No. I know that. No, just... No. I know um, once the as magic, a hairstylist. Uh, curling iron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was the vibe like on set? <laughs> it was so, um, well, you know, Melissa's mother was one of the producers mm-hmm. and it was created by a woman, Nell Scavell. And I think we just sort of took for granted how nice it was that I remember looking around thinking, there are no men telling us what to do. <laughs> you know, and, and the one man that told me what to do, I trapped him in my ring for not loving me. I swear to you. <laughs> This is what happened, okay? I I was in my apartment in New York, mm-hmm. and I had just gone on this horrible trip with this man who had really hairy shoulders. I'm only telling you this because I used to call him <laughs> Captain in the Bear Army because it looked like epaulets of fur, okay? <laughs> Every man, you can break up with me, but you will end up in my act, okay? Yeah. Anyway, we had gone to Hawaii. We had a horrible time, and this is before any before any like digital phone, any, anything, no technology, basically data. Thanks. So, um, uh, we had gotten back and he had broken up with me and I was a wreck. And then the next day my pictures were developed from the trip. So I was like heartbroken. It was like, (laughs) you know, you're about to break up with someone and you're too much of a pussy to do it. And then they break up with you. And for some reason you're devastated, even though you didn't want to be with them. So I was so upset and I get this phone call from Nell Scavell who created the show and she goes, are you sure you don't want to reconsider? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, your managers passed on the show like seven weeks ago, but we're testing tomorrow. And I said, I don't even know what show you're talking about. No one said Uh, anything to me. So they, They were like, it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So it's so long ago that I went across the street and it had been faxed and it was like on a scroll. That's what it was like. Ye old script. <laughs> oh gosh. Like it, yeah. It was so, and, um, I read it and I go, okay, but I want to be the scientist. I want to be Zelda. Uh-huh. And they were like, no, we really think you want to be Hilda. And I was like, really? Okay. So I, then she said to me, I go, well, tell me about the character. And she said, she's, she's trapped a man in her ring for not loving her. And I'm like, I'll do it. Like, even with that, <laughs> I just, just the concept that I had that ability, I was like, I'll do it. That's fine. And then I went out and I, I had done a pilot and the casting was funky and it didn't work. So I went out. This is so stupid. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went out, <laughs> I met Melissa, I met her mom and I, you know, you go and you test and then you go to producers and then you go to studio and I was just, it was all moving forward. And then I went to the network and before, you know, and then you sign all the contracts for the next six years yeah. before you go in the room. And I was like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't do this. I, don't, I, I can't do it. So I left and they were so mad at me and Christine Ebersole auditioned to be Zelda, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Went, yeah. So then I went home and then they said, they kept calling me. I never knew the power of no. So 
And they kept on calling me and saying, um, I, this is how stupid I was. I was like, I don't want to be on something for seven years. Like, how dumb was I? And, <laughs> I know. And so I went home and they called, the, Nell called and said, you don't have to test. They'll give you the part. You just have to come back and test with the other cis witches. And I was like, I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll tell you tomorrow. Like, hoping I would get back with the hairy monster. Anyway, I called my mother. And she, said, she goes, have you gone mad? Well, of course you're going to take that part. Don't be ridiculous. Call them and say how sorry you are that you were rude. So I called and I said, yes, I will do it. Can you imagine? And I really feel like it was so much a part of my destiny of, of my life. Sort of, you know, oh, I'm sure yeah. you feel this way. It's like those areas of your life where you're just stepping into what is predestined for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it's, it's just so, it's so nice to hear like how much thought and because this show feels so special to me and a lot of people close to me. And then obviously it was special to a lot of people because, um, it was remade. It was rebooted recently. And we're going to get into that <laughs> as well. But I, I just really love kind of figuring out what was it that made Sabrina the Teenage Witch so special? Because listen, I watched the whole TGIF lineup at this age. And there was a time where everything was magic. It was like there was Teen Angel and there was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And there was, well, I don't know, there was something else. Like all of the shows were like, magical realism, but Sabrina survived through multiple cycles of TGIF and Sabrina is something we all still talk about. Whereas I can't even remember, you know, there was family matters. There was Sabrina, there was full house and the step rest of it's step. all kind of step-by-step, but a lot of it has fallen by the wayside. And Sabrina was the one like because of the success of Sabrina, I think that's why they tried so many different shows with like a magical element, but Sabrina had the special sauce. And I, I, I don't know. I can, I can say what resonates with me about it, but what do you think has kept Sabrina alive in our hearts and in our minds all these years? That's very different from um, other shows from the TGIF lineup. Um, escapism and 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 I think it's seeing the world as it should be super powerful women in charge of everything (laughs) (laughs) I also you know I didn't watch the show until my daughter turned seven Mm -hmm. and then then my um and then we we watched an episode every night for like 144 whatever nights and seeing it through my daughter's eyes was like Mm -hmm. magical um Sometimes I look at that show and I remember her, but I don't know her. You know, what I mean? like I like I I I I miss her. I would like to be her, but I I it's a weird thing having anyway. So I remember watching it and I called Melissa and I was like, "You were so good on this show. You were so good." And not you understand it. We just worked. I mean, she worked so hard. Mm-hmm. She just worked every day. I mean, we worked a lot. She worked so hard and she just was such a professional and she just did it you know um i think it was the magic i think the cat i think the idea that your cat could talk to you yeah i think it was that it's it can be such a potentially lonely age 
-hmm. and that you had a lot of um, unconditional love as opposed to traditional parenting where there wasn't really like I know for myself as an actress, my only objective was you're like 600 years old and you finally have somebody to play with. You have a playmate. (laughs) And all I all I had to do was love that kid. That was it. I just had to love her. And that really should just be our job as parents is just to love our children, which we do. But, you know, you also have to discipline. But there, wa- it, it wasn't like that, you know? I mean, yeah. I suppose Aunt Zelda had to do that more. I think that she was so, she's so unbelievably adorable. She's such a pretty human, you know, yeah. inside and out. And I think she was sort of, I just think that. And it was also so innocent. It was only the 90s, but it feels like it was done in the 1800s. You know? Yeah. The, the jokes are so pun heavy and but that's what i love about it is okay so one of the things i love about cartoons and animated work is that anything's possible you know like a t-rex could walk in and have a conversation with koala bear and they could both eat a pizza you know like you don't have to worry about how are we going to shoot that and with this show it was almost like cartoon rules because yeah, uh, everyone had magic powers and the powers were limitless. What I loved is, I mean, I love knowing the rules of a magical world and the rules in Sabrina, the teenage witch were anything is possible when you need it. You know, like if she needs to have the power to be able to do this, what I love is sometimes they had to brew a potion, but other times they could just point their finger. And sometimes they had to do a champ, but other times they could just point their finger. It was like, there were, all these rules, and there were also no rules. Anything was possible. And I just loved that. Your character of Hilda, we're talking about, like, the lightheartedness of it. Um, she was, it's, it's, I love hearing an actor's process and hearing that she's 600 years old and she finally has a playmate. She does, your Hilda had a very, like, just an innocence, a child, childlike quality to her, but also she is 600 years old and she's just as powerful as Zelda. She's just as smart as Zelda in different ways. She has her own unique talents, but she's just too fun loving to like (laughs) worry about anything. And I think one of my favorite (laughs) lines you had to deliver (laughs) was there was an episode where Hilda's um, brewing hair soup to Hell get yeah. to grow more hair, and then it causes her to grow a beard as well. And she's cool with it. She's just like, "Oh, now I have a beard," and <laughs> and she starts styling it. And it's 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 a funny gag. But my favorite line of the whole episode is, "You go, ew, there's a hair in my hair soup," <laughs> <laughs> and that's the writing of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It is so stupid, but in the most like. It's like vaudeville. It's like vaudeville <laughs> with magic powers. And I have no qualms with that. <laughs> I remember that, you know, I, not that this is important, but I am allergic to spirit gum. And oh, that no. beard like wrecked me. I just oh, no. episodes that when I see pictures of it, I'm immediately irritated. Also <laughs> that I look like Dennis McLeod or whatever, whatever his name was. I always feel like I could easily have been in uh, my favorite episode um, was when we became men, when we <laughs> drank the boy beer mm, mm-hmm. and I got to wrestle with Martin Mull because 
Brett Butler was like one of the few Southern accents I could do. So I just channeled. <laughs> I, I was like, because, you know, for a long time, she and I had the same managers and I would call, mm. they were Australian. And they'd be, eh, yeah, hello, hi. And I'd be like, hey, it's Brett. Listen, um, <laughs> I just want to tell you that uh, I don't understand why, you, why you're representing Caroline Rice. She's like, just a blonde with, you know, Blonde, a dumb blonde, so... and they go, We won't represent her anymore, Brett. And I go, It's me, you guys. How many times are you gonna fall for this? <laughs> that is okay. I was also a fan of Grace Under Fire. This was a golden era of primetime sitcom television. And if you know, I see shows try to recreate what the 90s television era was like. You know, there are shows these days, even Netflix putting out shows filmed in front of a studio audience and yeah. the same three camera setup, but they just can't recapture it. We've, we like, our tastes have changed. No, I it's think our innocence you know, is gone. That's a good point. Yeah. Everything what, what has to have can... like a gritty yeah. angle to it now, which I like that too, but it's like, I do still love, I'll still just like start an old show and just binge the whole thing. And it's just on in the background because it makes me feel comforted to hear Aunt Zelda and Aunt Hilda in the background again, you know? <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny during COVID, I think it's Paramount Plus, they picked it up again. This yeah. is a show that this is the crazy statistic. We've been on the air every day, I think, for the last 25 years. Wow. I think, I mean, literally every day. So we're on our fourth generation of like little kids that when they come up to me, I've been called a witch in every language in every country. Oh, hopefully, I love that. <laughs> hopefully something to do with the show. A lot, just the wrong person, but... I remember being with my mom in this tiny, tiny town in Italy and we were down by like the beach mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, every time I got recognized, we would just hear this strega, strega. <laughs> <laughs> and then like limoncello would be sent to the table and, and calamari without it being fried. So it was just like a dead octopus would arrive and limoncello <laughs> and then children all around me all the time, just like. You know, I, I could, I remember when I, when it first aired, I was walking down the Upper West Side, I used to live in the Upper West Side in New York, and I saw like 15 kids across the street mm -hmm. <laughs> and it had just aired, but we didn't know really what the impact and they ran towards me and I thought I'm, I'm going to be killed by children now. And I don't know why. And they literally just ran towards me and hugged me. These like 15 group, this, these groups of kids. And wow. then I have to say that lately, I don't know why, I have had more beautiful gay men come up and tell me that they were like, your character gave me the courage to come out, which I'm so grateful for. But I do wonder, what was it? Okay. <laughs> what, what was it about Hilda? Because I think it was that what I was just talking about it is, I, I'm not just trying to blow smoke, but like. The episode with the beard is a great example. <laughs> she just was herself. She just didn't apologize for being Hilda. You know, like Zelda was micromanaging and, and you know, uh, she, 
I don't want to get too like psychological on you, but I have a lot of time to think about these things. But so like, whereas Zelda was the stern one and the discipline and was there to be kind of like the rock for the family. Like they all went to Zelda if there was an issue, you know, but Hilda was who you went to for your heart problems because she was so in touch with who she was and so unapologetic with who she was. And the beard is a great example. She grows a beard and she's not like, Oh, I have a beard now. I made my hair soup to make my hair bigger, but now I have a beard. She was like, look, she starts styling it. She starts incorporating (laughs) it into her look. She doesn't give a shit. And I it just sounds love like that. we're talking about your authenticity because that's <laughs> why you're so adorable. Well, you know, and I always, as a kid, I always like looked up as a kid, as a Virgo as well. I always looked up to Zelda. And even with the new series, again, I was like, I would love to be a Zelda, but I am so clearly a Hilda. Like, I would absolutely love if the world saw me as a Zelda, but I'm not. I'm a Hilda, and I love that. (laughs) And I I gotta ask, you know, like, well, and with the chilling adventures of Sabrina, it's like reminded us, you know, there's things that remind us to go back and remember how much we loved this. And the pandemic was a big catalyst for these things. Um, so many people I know rewatched the nanny and it just reminded them of like, I mean, like the nineties had so many female led sitcoms that young queer people like me who were sick of just like heteronormative straight dudes all the time, (laughs) you know, we were hungry for this kind of entertainment. All of our minds just broke when we realized you and Beth were going to be on um, an episode of the new Sabrina. So I want to ask you, like, is that, did you watch the show when it first started um, coming out? What were your feelings when it was rebooted? Yeah. When I first heard it, there was something that kind of broke my heart because I was like, oh, yeah. Like, and then I, it really is not the same story. It's just the same character names. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And I absolutely love Lucy Davis. And mm-hmm. she and I have a running gag. We're friends. And whenever we see each other, I'm like, oh, 2.0. And she's like, why did you say that? There there was another one. <laughs> um, and I love Miranda Otto. And uh, I thought Kiernan was, I thought they were all great. I did really try and watch it at first. And I'll be totally honest. It was too uh, scary for me. Like, mm-hmm. I never made it past the sleep demon episode. <laughs> sure. Then, <laughs> I have a bad habit um, as an actress is I don't always read the stage directions when I have, like, an audition. <laughs> and so, like, did you see Sorted Lives? Did you see that series? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, so there's a scene in that where I'd already accepted the part. I was in an airplane, and it says, then Nolita crosses and gets her giant dildo and pleasures herself while watching TV. And I'm like, <laughs> I literally like threw the script across the airplane. I was like, what? I do what? And in this episode, I was so excited that we were going to go and be a part of it that I didn't read that 
we eat people at the end of the episode. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't eat anybody. I'm sorry. First of all, I have a very <laughs> diet. I couldn't eat anyone who said gluten in the last year. And, and then I was like, okay, well, so I'm like, I'm not doing that. And so two Canadian extras ate those people covered in jam or whatever we, they did. But um, it's weird. I feel attached to our characters because I think of them as being very innocent. Yeah. I they, thought, yeah. Oh, no, go on, go on. It's also that script was also basically written in Latin. So, <laughs> it was like that dialogue. I was like, what? <laughs> so I will say... I was a, I, I'm a huge fan of the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm a huge fan of the chilling adventures of Sabrina. They are completely different things. You're absolutely right. It's like um, uh, a Rocky Horror and Shock Treatment, two films by Richard O'Brien. They um, both involve Brad and Janet but they're completely, they have nothing to do with each other. It's just like alternate universes where there's two people named Brad and Janet who have crazy things happen to them. <laughs> a weird thing. Just when I was a kid, the first movie I was ever really a part of, I was a teenager and it was a documentary for the National Film Board about how we used to behave when we would go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> throw toast and whatever and dress yeah. up. And we were dressed up and we were in this movie. And then years and years and years later, I was, you know, I'm the mother, Linda Flynn Fletcher. I voiced the mother on Phineas and Ferb. Uh -huh. And my husband is voiced by Richard O'Brien. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's, I mean, it's so funny. Like, um, it, it's, I think the craziest thing about being in this industry is things like right now. Like, like what you just said and like me just sitting here on a Zoom call with you talking about this show and talking about your work. Um, you mentioned some things working on the chilling adventures of Sabrina that kind of got me thinking. Um, I am not aware of how blue your stand-up comedy goes. Like when it comes to your stand-up work, um, where where would you rate your humor like on the on the movie rating scale uh, well, I would say I've never seen your stand-up I mean I I've seen started, clips of your stand-up online well when I first started I got a review that said I was the Liz Fair of comedy and I thought I was like <laughs> cool. I think that I talked about sex and women would come up to me and say I wanted to be the voice of what people were thinking and not saying and I mm -hmm. felt responsible to express a woman's perspective on everything. Um, and I talked about sex a lot. Then I did Sabrina. So mm -hmm. I started comedy in 1989. Sabrina started in 96. And then kids started coming to my show. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to teach you something that your parents haven't taught you. Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. So then I sort of brought it back. But I think also... Like, there's a joke right now in my act. I can't follow. I don't think I'm particularly blue now because I talk about my life and it's not particularly blue. Um, <laughs> but how I said, you know, because I've been trying to talk about menopause in a funny way. Um, <laughs> it's not it's basically you just wake up one day and you never go back to sleep, but you don't know that that was your last night of sleep. And you just, <laughs> have, 
You just have like an insatiable urge to do crafts that you're not even good at. And you <laughs> want to trade in all of your KY jelly for Mod Podge. And you don't even know why. And then a couple years later, you wake up and you're like, this is so boring. I'm actually still a woman. Um, bring on the youngest. So I, uh, can I tell you my favorite joke? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I said, um, I had, I had a fling with an army ranger. Mm-hmm. And if you if you sleep with someone in the military, is the protocol to then say thank you for your service? <laughs> Listen, said, a- I- anyone who sleeps with me, I thank them for their service. Exactly. <laughs> and I said, I think he had um, uh, what did I say? Oh shoot! Oh, I said I think he had commitment issues because every time we had sex, he parachuted out of my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, this is my joke that I can't follow right now. Uh-huh, it's true. Uh-huh. Went to the gynecologist, the OBGYN, and I asked, I said, why is sex so painful now? And she said, because as you age, your vaginal walls get thinner. And I was like, so I do the Peloton five days a week, and I intermittent fast, and the only part of me that's getting thinner is my <laughs> vagina. <laughs> like, the only part of my body that literally no one will ever see, and not not, not in daylight. Never. I'll never be walking down the street and hear, oh my God, the girl from Sabrina has a teeny bikini. <laughs> um, okay. I think that really answered my question okay, that I was there, about to it. ask. It's about <laughs> because... my life. It's about my daughter. It's about dating. It's about Shh. how we treat each other. I think that the only, I've done this for so long. My only objective as a stand-up now, and I'm touring a lot, is and I sound like a goody two shoes, but if you come in at a five and you leave it at 10 and I've elevated your heart and soul and you're a little bit happier than you were, than you got there, then I feel like I, I did my job. I, I agree with you. That sounds like a great job to do. And it's very, it's very important work when the world is <laughs> wounded oh, and so sad and, and, it's important to have people who give us time to feel joyful and who allow us, like give us the space to just smile and laugh and feel joyful. And, you know, like, um, I I do do a holiday show. Yeah. You know, I, I like Dale and I, we, we have, we put lots of different things into our holiday show, but we are also just hoping people leave with a smile on their face and their mood elevated because that's what you need at the holidays. I, I was asking all of this because, you know, um, I think uh, on both my seasons of Drag Race, you get to know a lot about my philosophies in life and you get to know me as a person. And then my comedy and my humor on stage is extremely filthy. Like that, I I say I get all my demons out on stage so yeah. that I can be a Hilda in my day-to-day life, you know? <laughs> um, I, I've been like yelling at people on stage lately. It's been so cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was just wondering, you know, like you must get, you must feel a responsibility and I, I don't even think I need to ask this question anymore. I'm just letting you know what I was going to ask, but I feel like you already answered it and just saying the kind of material you do. Um, 
But like, yeah, there must be expectations on you to be Hilda all the time or to be that kind of humor. I know that when I did season five of Drag Race, you know, water off a duck's back, people would come to my shows and I'd be filthy and they'd be like, I just wasn't expecting that. And I realized I had given them the idea that my show was like an hour long, like water off a duck's back, love yourself, um, you know, self-improvement seminar or something. But what my show actually is, is an hour of me being a narcissistic bitch, you know, (laughs) (laughs) who's got a lot of opinions on how the world is going. And I think now people are very clear about what I bring to the stage, but I had to kind of shift everyone's focus over a long time to get them to realize that's me, the human, but me, the character is over here. (laughs) Yeah. No, I would say that that sometimes, well, first of all, I keep on, I've, I've been playing the comedy store a lot and I get brought on as like, she's a legend, which all I hear is this. Old, old, old. Like, that's all I <laughs> no. I'm like, legend. Oh my God. You know, I also, I took 10 years off when my daughter was born. Uh-huh. So I feel like I, I say I was in a MoMA, which is a mom coma, where I just yeah. did all mom. And then you kind of remember who you are as a person again. And yeah. then doing that on stage. And sometimes I do think, well, I, I address it immediately. I always say, um, I mean, I've had 40 year olds come up and tell me they're like, oh, my wait, wait, I had such a crush on you when I was a teenager. And I'm like, OK, you're 40. That's not young. All right? like, I was very young when I did that show, but I wasn't that young. Um, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, sorry, it just makes me think about it because when, when, so I normally say I can never go on a dating app because. I live in fear of hooking up with someone and having your Facebook status be, I had sex with Aunt Hilda and it was magical. <laughs> and I just, I, I, and then I won't have sex with anyone who's young enough that during sex, they could ask me whether or not the cat was real. <laughs> There's These something are... very freeing about being filthy, but only live. You know, yeah. like, that's what people don't get. Anything we talk about, nothing... Even on television, when you do a special, nothing captures the energy of a live interaction. That, that is nothing so ever true. will. And that's what's so great about it. It's you and that audience, and together you had that night, and nobody's ever gonna even when you repeat the jokes to someone, they're like, they're never gonna get it. It was it's magical. Yeah. And that's that's you know, like I love working in lots of different forms, lots of different mediums. You know, I've worked in film and TV and I'm very proud of the work I've put out in those mediums, but something that, you know, always breaks my heart is when people will say, I wish Jinx would put her live shows on YouTube. I'm like, honey, did you hear the sentence you just said? <laughs> like, it's a live show. It has to be live. And, yeah. and I never want to leave live entertainment entirely. I like some people, I think, you know, it's a ladder and it's like, once you get to movies, they're like, okay, I'm done with everything else or whatever. If you have that privilege, nice work if you can get it. But, um, uh, for me, it's like, I've already, I feel like I'm already exactly where I want to be and where I 
uh, do best. And then when I venture into other things, it's for fun. You know, it's like to experience different stuff. But live, live entertainment is where I feel my most powerful. I think it's the only thing I'm frustrated with. I'm doing another special only because I need people to come and like, I guess I'm most known for Hilda, Mm -hmm. but I'm really like, I've done stand-up for so long. I've really sort of mastered it for myself. Yeah. That's what I want people to come and see and enjoy. And they still, like, I'm actress first, comedian second. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm a two-year-old. You have to understand. I'm <laughs> an improvisational comedian who will, like, I feel like I'm having a dinner party and you're my guest. Yeah. You know, that's what live comedy is. Yeah. I love that. I only recently started my foray into stand-up and I I absolutely love it. What do you mean and, you only recently? Well, okay. okay. You know... <laughs> wait, wait I have a good story point. to tell you. <laughs> okay. I forgot to tell you this part. When I went out to audition for Sabrina and I was like crying on the airplane because of that stupid hairy man, mm-hmm. I, um, the guy that sitting was, sit, uh, they flew me out first class the good old days and when, when American <laughs> Airlines had like three different classes of service and sitting in front of me was this very handsome man who turned around and said, hi, um, I'm a huge fan of your work. Do you mind if I come and sit with you? And I was like, because I said, no, that'd be great. And we talked for like hours and I, and our plane was delayed. We were on the plane together for like eight hours and it was Kevin O'Quan, the makeup artist. <laughs> and then. Kevin did my makeup for the audition. That's where I got that part. <laughs> I'm not I kidding. I love that. I, he said, you, if you ever need me, if you ever need me. And that's how I know Rue is through Kevin. Because we were all friends. I love and, that. Um, yeah. And I was, he said, call me at the Four Seasons. And I called him. And I went over. And I laid down on the carpet. And he like painted me. I, I'm just over the moon right now. Like I, I, I I'm not even blowing smoke. I'm not kidding. I'm not be, being hyperbolic. When we started this podcast, we made a list of people I would love to have as guests. And really, I don't know. I don't have the list. I, I'm not going to qualify it by saying you were number three or blah, blah, blah. But I know like in my original first list, very early on, I said, and I want to get Caroline Ray and Beth Broderick because Sabrina the Teenage Witch was really special to me. But it's the it's the two of them that always stay with me from that show. And I mean, there's so there's lots of wonderful performances. You know, the cat, for God's sake, Nick Bailey voice acting as Salem. <laughs> That's- Nick, Nick Bakai. Bakai, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, we won this award in England. We won a lot of like family awards. And mm-hmm. when they came over and they were like, we love how it's female empowered and that she lives with her lesbian aunts. And we were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Forever um, trying to date Martin Mull. Yeah. Um, um, Okay, wait, I want to know about you. I have some questions. Sure. Sure. (laughs) So you're a Virgo. What sign is your um, partner? 
Sagittarius. I've always, I've always, always been drawn to fire signs. Like yeah. all of my significant relationships, all my best sex have, has been with fire signs. But I'm sworn off Arieses. Arieses are too, too much for me. But a Sagittarius, it I'm turns an out, is you're. <laughs> listen, I, I listen. Joan Hart is an Aries. <laughs> no, I'm sworn off like, you know, trying okay. to date an Aries and okay. a female Aries. That's probably why I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so I'm so I'm, drawn to fire signs. <laughs> what, what's the rest of your chart? Your moon and your uh, Oh rising. my gosh. I always get this mixed up, but it's, um, I'm pretty sure uh, my moon is in cancer and my rising is Leo. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have I have a line of astrological cards which I will also uh, send you. But um the Virgo one, so I studied astrology for two years with this Kabbalistic astrologer. Yeah. And she was so funny. She had such a funny accent. She would be like, You must fuck us, Caroline. You must fuck us. And I'm like, you must learn to say a long O genetically <laughs> because we're gonna all get in trouble. Like, you must fuck us, fuck us in the morning, fuck us all day. No. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, um, but the the Virgo card is uh, there are two of two of Virgo and from a Virgo. Uh, so the one that's from Virgo says, "I don't want to be equal. I want to be better." <laughs> and then the one to Virgo says, "Dear Virgo, stop being so critical. It makes you look fat." <laughs> because the, the Virgo is the most self-critical. So even as harsh as you are on others, we can only take comfort in knowing that it's been doubled down on yourself. Yeah. You know, and I think I, I think I like, I think it's the fuel that keeps my motor running is self-criticism. Right. <laughs> I yeah, think I know. It's, That's like self the, yeah. it's the it coal that powers this locomotion. <laughs> right. That's better. Um, I'm, I, I'm well, we are nearing the end of yes, our episode and I have some compulsory questions. Okay, and good. These are normally <laughs> These are normally kind of rapid fire, but there's one I would like to extrapolate on once we get there. But let's go in order. Are you first and foremost, um please tell my listeners where they can find all of these wonderful products that you're hawking on hawking. this podcast. I'm, hawking. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even telling you where they're available. I'm not hawking. <laughs> I'm telling you they're the cutest hats. <laughs> Is it carolineray.com? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Twitter? <laughs> I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Caroline Ray, the number four and real, because my friend June Ambrose Tried to help me by taking my real name and then lost the password. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, that's where my tour is listed, too. Wonderful. Oh, my God. It's the weirdest weather here in California. I know y'all had snow and hail recently in L.A. Nothing, nothing biblical about that. <laughs> World's not going in the wrong direction. At all. Okay, ask me your questions. Otherwise, I'll talk. Okay. okay <laughs> no, you're perfect. First question is, who is your celebrity crush today? Benicio Del Toro, today and always. Okay. 
My next question for you, and this is the one I would love to extrapolate a bit on, is are you spiritual? Now, I love knowing that you identify as a witch because one, I identify as a witch, and two, I mean, you're freaking Aunt Hilda. <laughs> so it's like, I think all of us were just hoping. Does she practice? Does she cast? And uh, <laughs> I, I I was thinking just yesterday, I was like, do I have to cast a spell on this? Really? <laughs> Fine. No, I'm absolutely spiritual. Completely. I, I, I believe that. I believe in. Certainly going on the road, I have adopted this because of what's going on in this country. I, I, I had a woman in Las Vegas scream out some political beliefs that she had, which should have, could have. I could have reacted to and it could have shut down the show. And I just said, I truly believe we have more in common than you believe. So let's go in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's find our common ground, which is higher, better than how we're treating each other now. Yeah. So I feel that just to like, I always say, I love you at the end of the show. I, <laughs> I want to, I, I just want this country to do better. Yeah. So, um, to each other, just want us to be kinder to each other Absolutely. and have more tolerance. Um, so yes, I, and I do believe like in the same way that I don't know which accent you have on your GPS, but I think that we're all going to the same place and it's just which accent you need the directions in, right? <laughs> How do you best receive the instructions to live a good life? Like, do you have yeah. to, like, do you need a lot of like, holidays do you need a lot of self-punishment do you need a lot of like exam what is it but the the point is like be a better I, human walk in the room and turn the light on that's what you're doing don't turn it off yeah i think that we are just we are all so freaking scared you know and everyone deals with fear in different ways but like fear makes us do crazy things and the people who are quite literally fear mongering and like generating this fear because it's easier to control us when there's something to be afraid of, when there's something we all have to band together to take down, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's fascist tactics 101, um, but I'm not going to get into all of that, but We've seen it before and I can't believe we're seeing it again. And I can't believe we're seeing it in a place that boasts that freedom and liberty and justice and equality are its main tenets when that's literally what people are, the people in charge or the people in power are trying to strip away. But I don't well, think... What? I mean, I... <laughs> Like I'm running around the country like I did in my twenties and I yeah. go to comedy clubs every night because I am not giving up my voice. I am not giving up my voice because some people think this is an age where women's voices shouldn't be heard. Yeah. It, it's completely then, then who's representing me and how am I going to get that message across? Like, no, you got to rise up. This is not okay. What's happening. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're seeing that we are recreating the rules. I mean, it's taking a lot of time and it's still an uphill battle, but we are seeing we are seeing the ramifications of our voice getting louder and louder as we grow more and more frustrated because um, Jennifer Coolidge is in a freaking 
she is like windstorming Hollywood right now. And unless you haven't heard, Angela Bassett did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> last night at an event. Did you did you hear Jennifer's comment about Tim Bagley? No. Oh, when she won at the SAG Awards, she said, well, my my date tonight is Tim Bagley, and I, I can't wait to get home. We can spend the night together. It was just sweet, since he's a beautiful <laughs> gay friend of hers. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> she is, she's just on such a, and she's, you know, so many times through this conversation, I've just been thinking, um, I'm just so happy that right now we are finding... <laughs> Like we are finding that women who have always been referred to of, um, okay, we are finding that women who have always been referred to as women of a certain age yeah. are just kind of fucking killing it right now. <laughs> Michelle, Joe, Jamie's in her sixties. Michelle is sixty. Jennifer's sixty-two. Um, who else is just winning? Uh, Angela's in her sixties. Yeah. All these women, super like, of course, if I wanted to go to a doctor, I want to go to the doctor with the most experience, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And Jennifer's um, been working her ass off forever and ever. She deserves all of it. Absolutely. I, she, if you watch anything from the 90s, she's in at least an episode of it. She's everywhere. And she's she's played so many different types of characters and then Stifler's mom opened the palace doors for her to be the grand high milf of our society. And I love it. The grand uh, high milf. That's a very good title. Um, grand high milf. Okay, my, wait. Oh, what? what I have one question? final question for you. Yes. One final question. What is your go-to karaoke song? I don't do karaoke. <gasps> I will. That's fine. That's fine. But I can't sing. do you have anything like if you, if your life depended and uh, depended on it, if you we had an audition and they said, you just have to sing a song. That's whatever song you can sing best. What would you sing? Literally? I'm getting a chest pain thinking about this because <laughs> I have the worst phobia about singing. So sure. I feel like my throat tightening up. Then and when I, had, when I had to do Sesame street, not had to, it was like thrill of my life. Uh-huh. And I played Gilda the Great, and my little <laughs> nephew said Gilda like Hilda, and it hadn't even occurred to me. Um, I just like cried as I met all the puppets. I'm like having a literally sobbing conversation with Elmo as I can see Kevin. I'm like, um, but I had to sing in that, and that just about. I, I I mean I make William Shatner look like Lady Gaga. I, I, well I, then, we are did going. You ever I was just going to say, we're going to let you pass on that question. All right. I'll take um, another question. We can close with something I can answer. Oh, um, well, you know, my favorite line you've ever said on Sabrina the Teenage Witch was, there's a hair in my hair soup. What was your favorite line you've ever delivered on Sabrina the Teenage Witch? When I almost had to, when I almost ate a spaceship in a Cheerio in a little spoon and I said, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
That sentence was perfect. I'm so happy that's the sentence we're going out on. Caroline, you are just, you're a goddess. You're, you're, you're a goddess. A goddess you're a witch. I worship at your altar. I'm just so happy to have had you on as my guest. Thank you so much. You are a doll. Thank you so much for having me. As we like to say, best witches. <laughs> And thank Bye. you all for listening to Hijinks here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Hijinks on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hijinks. Oh. Mom. To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.